Well, here we are at the transmission party, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Southampton are back on the wagon, and Bayern are champions of the world. It's Friday, 12th of February. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Welcome, one and all, my goodness. I love your friends, Luke. They're all so arty. Thank and you. Jim Campbell, that sex machine ready to reload, is here with us. How are yeah. you doing, Jimmy, baby? Re- reload? Let's <laughs> uh, not go into that. <laughs> it wasn't I me. thought I was muted. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, uh, gents, it's uh, a fabulous Freaky Friday on the Football Ramble. And uh, how about it? We have... It's the big one, a new Club World Cup champion, Bayern Munich, completing, as Jim Campbell's well aware, a sextuple of trophies in uh, nine months. How? Yeah. Jim, you've got to hand it to them. Yeah, I mean, you, boy, you, they, whoever gave them the trophy had no choice but to, based on their own, <laughs> as ever, stellar performances. I mean, we all wanted... Andre Pierre Gignac to be lifting that trophy though, didn't we? Let's be honest. We did. He was top scorer in the tourney. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, that's so. his thing now, Luke. Gignac yeah. is just goals. I love goals Gignac for because, he, because he looks really hard mm. and yeah. he's also quite um quite handsome mm-hmm. um in a kind of rugged way. Yeah. And uh, so that's the hard handsome look. One one thing I would say actually is I, I noticed this for the first time this morning that when I was just going over my research and just reading up on stuff, if you if you if you type in to Google's like a a a kind of a final in a football match or whatever or something you want to look at information on and it happens to be the morning after a mm. a final's been won or lost it does your little congratulations fireworks and stuff on the Google yeah oh nice I didn't know that that's, that's the first time I've seen that so listen I'm getting older technology's mm-hmm. taken taken over and uh, overtaken me and left me behind I've actually sit, sit myself thinking that's actually cheered me up a little bit yeah, yeah. But, but fireworks nice. no matter what happens fireworks are here to stay. I think so. I, yeah. I'm against fireworks generally, um, yeah. but I don't mind the online ones. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, do you know, I forgot that Gignac nearly scored for France in the Euro 2016 final. In the, like, the last minute, I think he hit the post or something like that. Yes. You see, but I'm glad he's gone on uh, and, and done marvellous things at, at Tigres. But Bayern are the, are the, are the champions. Um, and uh, my goodness, what, when I didn't actually watch the game, but when I saw Benjamin Pavard had scored the guy, I thought, I hope... It was a, a replica or, or reminiscent of that goal he scored against Argentina the in the World yeah. Cup. And 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 when I and so, and when I read it was a, like a short range sort of sort of tap in, but the way he hit it, the way he hit it into the net, it was kind of similar to yeah. that goal against Argentina. He's got a lot of te- technique sauce, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, I think I forget what was voted for the goal of the tournament for the World Cup. It wasn't Pavard's goal, but let's be honest, it was. Yeah. It just was. Yeah. It's just so, it's a thing of beauty. No, you're absolutely right, Jim. We all uh, remember that uh, very fondly indeed. Um, We should also say uh, that uh, since leaving uh, Stoke City in 2018, Eric Chippo Moting has now won Ligue 1 twice, the French Cup, the French League Cup, the French Super Cup. He's reached the Champions League final and he's won the Club World Cup. Sometimes yeah. it does work out, and I've, I've no <laughs> doubt that Jordan Shakiri will uh, vouch for it. That sometimes leaving Stoke can be good for your health. The, the um, list of not ex- Stoke City like Champions League winners is just—it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it? crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they haven't had someone. Like, haven't had like a player in the final like every year. 
ex-Stoke players, but since like 1984 or something. You think you might be thinking of Inter, but uh, might no, be. I, don't... I might be thinking of <laughs> yeah. something completely different. It's, it, it, I don't care. It's a Friday. No. I'm Dean Mob happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We should we should also say, Jim, um, in one of the most meaningful games in football is the third place match at the Club World Cup. Uh, and congratulations to Al Ali, uh, who beat Palmeiras 3-2 on pens. There was a, a sensational penalty miss from Palmeiras striker. <laughs> it's amazing. Ronnie. It's so good. Big Ron. You, you keep thinking that you can't see new things in football. <laughs> and something like this comes along. But you should like share, the, it, share it on the social because it, like, it went yeah. on. The actual run-up went on for 10 times longer than the penalty oh, itself. But he, he telegraphed it so much. You honestly mm. might as well have just really softly rolled it over to the to the goal, just quickly run over there and saved it himself. Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I mean, just, if you haven't you seen this, that. I absolutely implore you to go and look at it. But it is a, the longest and most elaborate run-up I've ever seen. But when a player does that, immediately the goalkeeper's thinking, right, well, he's obviously not hitting this hard into one of the corners. No. Because otherwise mm. he would just run up and hit it hard into the corner. So the goalkeeper thinks, right, he's either going to put it down the middle or he's going to try and wait for me to move. All I need to do is stay still. And, and my reaction after he's hit it should be quick enough to be able to save this, which, of course, he did. But it was poor old Felipe Mello, your old mate, Jim, who, uh, who yeah. missed the, the kick. The golden but, bin. Uh, the golden bin, well, Felipe. The golden bin. Still, though, he's, he's nice to see him at the Club World Cup. Um, gentlemen, our very own cup competition in, in bonnie old England was was uh, happening last night as well. Chelsea beat Barnsley 1-0. Good to see Kepa starting in goal, Luke Moore. Yeah, it was. Um, I was about to be rude about this game, but mm. then I kind of start, I, I kind of second-guessed myself and thought, am I turning into a guy who's just rude about every game. You could be so, Rudiger about the game if you I could have been, because he, exactly. Although, although, did he feature he came on, didn't he? He missed um, it. Yeah. He, he had a header which went wide. Yeah, it wasn't, I, I thought Barnsley actually gave a pretty good account of themselves. And, well, and, they should have gone 1-0 up, shouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, they should but, have. They should um, have, absolutely. If it wasn't for the heroics of Kepa. He did, oh, listen, yeah. he, got, he got a clean sheet. And I think one thing, I mean, joking aside, um, you know, we know Kepa's been absolutely abysmal. Let's not, let's not cut, you know, let's not dance around that. But there joking aside, a new manager comes in and you, it's a fresh start, you know, why yeah. not? And he's been, he's given his chance. He's kept a clean sheet. And mm. I would say this, you know, fine, they're playing against an average kind of, you know, an average kind of lower championship side or whatever. Well, it was a difficult pitch, actually, and the temperature was awful. And it's one of those ones where you think, God, just get through this. You know, Alan Shearer said it, I think. You know, if you're if you're the superior team, mm. what you've got to do in this situation, you've got to move the ball as quick as you can. You've got to try and master the conditions and get away with the win as quick as possible. And obviously, Chelsea were able to do that. But it wasn't as easy as maybe some people thought. And, um, and you know, they'll be delighted to get away with the win. One thing I would say is mm. that um, Thomas Tuchel, or as you guys have started to call him, uh, MC Thomas too cold. Uh, he did look very cold. Yeah, like, he looked very cold, and too uh, cold, yeah. it's not a day to be um, to be standing around doing nothing on a touchline of a football of a football match for sure. No, yeah, I think he should. He, he needs to layer up that Chelsea tracksuit a bit more. I'd say. How many um, layers do you reckon he had on, Marcus, under that jacket? Well, not enough. Yeah, whatever I say, it should be one or two more. Tommy um, too cold. Tammy Abraham scored the goal and then made a brilliant goal line clearance. Jim, good night's work. He did, for him. and he's. He actually said that he preferred the goal line clearance in the in the post match, which was because uh, he used to be a defender, a didn't he say? <laughs> I, I missed that. If he did, he said but, that he um, said I used to be a defender, so it was all instinct, and I was really pleased with it. <laughs> love that, bloody oh, love yeah. that. Good on him. Um, so very very good, likable egg, Tammy Abraham. Yes, but yeah, it was. It was. I mean, that was the one moment in the game I think where Chelsea kind of found their found their their extra gear 
you know, where you, there was a sense when when that build up play was happening. It's like Barnsley have got, have got no answer for this, and you know the game was a bit of a difficult watch. Let's be honest about it. But that was by design. It was because Barnsley made it hard for Chelsea. They did exactly what you've got to do in that situation, and they they fought hard and they they just kind of made it a bit of a scrap because clearly the goal is a good good example of this. They you know the, the golf in 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 the levels showed so. What else are you going to do other yeah, than try and sort of bring it down to your own? But you say that Barnsley had a couple of great. I mean, that one when Kepa saved in the first half was a golden opportunity. So it was. They did more than, than just make it difficult, but unfortunately for them, they've gone. Uh, Southampton they broke their four-match losing streak with a two-nil win against Wolves, and and they were much better than Wolves. That I mean, they should have been up before they did, but they they eventually saw the game out. It's good to see them back, though, Luke. Um, well, I don't agree with that, but the. Um... The, the the game itself, I, I thought, a friend of mine was saying, actually, I was chatting to you on WhatsApp while we were watching, and he said, look, Wolves look just so stodgy and, and Wolf, slow, yeah. and I know they made some changes, as you'd expect, and it's a difficult season for everyone, as we almost feel like we're duty-bound yeah. to, to, to continue to state, but the Wolves team that we were excited about, however many months or years ago, whatever it is, um, seem to have disappeared a little bit. And, and Yeah, they have. And they, they get another chance, obviously, to, 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 to put it right against Southampton this weekend because, weirdly, they're playing them again. But I, I don't think it can be as simple as what's been suggested. Like, oh, Raul Jimenez's injury was so kind of horrific and difficult that it's affected the whole team. I think that's probably mm-hmm. a little bit of a lazy assumption. What I do think's happened is um, they've got that sort of syndrome where they've been in the Premier League for a little while yeah. and people have maybe people have started to kind of work out how to play against them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now they just look like they're moving the ball very slowly. It's crucial, I think, in this season more than any other to keep your tempo, to move the ball quickly, to do things um, in, the, in the right way and, and, and really kind of keep the pace of your game up. And, that, and I, don't know if I'm, I don't know if you guys disagree with this and maybe I'm kind of misremembering. I kind of remember Wolves being like a really fast, slick move passing team and being really um, interesting yeah. and, and, and sort of quite enthralling to watch. And that's just gone based on what I've seen recently. It was They were pretty poor against... Leicester in that nil nil, um, and they were poor last night, in my opinion. Yeah, mm. he's changed. It's, the... a, it's like the running on porridge, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That's sort of what it looks like. It's got that kind of stodgy. They don't have to get past to Arsenal, Joe Jim. Crucially, they well, they will. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, they they yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a kind of that wasn't a cut and dry win for Wolves by any no, means. Well, Arsenal no. were the better side, and, and yeah. sending off changed things. And, and yeah, well, you know. Granite going to granite, yeah. um, and it's, there's, just, there's only so much you can do to account for that when he's in one of those moods. Um, yeah, I, uh, Ryan Bertrand's finger came out. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dislocated his finger during that game. I think they right. popped it back in, and it was all right. But I mean, we're getting some weird injuries now, aren't we? By the way, when, <laughs> Is that when what people, come to <laughs> yeah, when people when people say they, they pop it back in, it sounds like it doesn't cause a fuss. Oh, that's yeah. all right. We'll just pop that back in. If you, you you pop in to someone's for a cup of tea, it's a sort of a harmless <laughs> kind of. Oh, someone popped round the other day. We'd barely know yeah, they were there. Yeah. It was quite a pleasant experience. Yeah. Yeah. You, it should be they jammed it back in. Yeah. Is, is perhaps yeah. a better term. Well, I think I think we've got to. Um... Look, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a listen. It's interesting, isn't it? If someone pops it, if someone dislocates their finger and it gets put back in place. Mm. That's interesting. I'm here for that. Yeah. It happens a lot with shoulders with goalkeepers. Do you know, what? apparently, I, yeah. crucially, I've, crushingly I've, painful. I have popped someone's shoulder back in before. Now Ooh, you're talking. Th- very Talk us through str- it. Well, I, I, the guy basically, I was. Did he ask you to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there a doctor on this plane? Yeah. Oh, I'll give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I, no, it was many, many years ago. I was at a, a young life camp in America, and this lad basically had an injury, and he should have gone to the hospital. He didn't, and he hung around. And I'm not being funny. His shoulder kept popping out. So, like, I think loads of us at some point put it. Have it a go. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and after about the 18th one, that was kind of like I think. It hasn't solved itself now, so you need to kind of. Uh, um, yeah. The way you talk about it, that like, is like like it's some kind of action figure where the shoulder comes completely <laughs> off and yeah. you pop it back in. The, the all-time standard, and yeah. many of people listening here won't be golf fans, and I understand that. But trust me, the all-time standard for and we're going to use the word that Marcus disagree with popping something back into well, place. Well, that's the word we use. Yeah, it has to be. Is is there's a golfer called Tony Finau, American golfer. I forget which tournament it was. It might be the Masters. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Tony Finau <laughs> played an approach shot to the green, a couple of hundred yards, and obviously, as you know, the golfers walked to follow it mm-hmm. uh, to go and play their next shot. And he and he rolled his ankle on a bit of turf, and mm. he and he dislocated his ankle. Right. And the camera was on him at the time, and no word of a lie. We'll get um, social media Finn to 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 to, um, to show to, to share this. He just bends down, pops it back into place himself, and just carries on again. Blimey! Oh. And he said afterwards, "Oh, if it happens to me sometimes, if I can pop it back in quickly enough, it stops with the swelling and it's actually fine. Yeah. It's the longer it stays out of place, the harder it gets. He just bends down, pops it back in like he's putting." You know, saying, he's just like readjusting his sock or something. I mean, it's reminiscent to uh, Mel Gibson's character in Lethal Weapon, for crying out loud. Mm. Um, the, the, the Southampton, uh, Hassan Hootel says Southampton can go for the FA Cup, which is which is good news, I suppose, for, for Saints fans. Can I do a gonna... deal with Southampton, um, Marcus? Sorry, can I just do a deal with the universe, re Southampton on that front? I will happily see them get to the final if they get beat 9 0. <laughs> <laughs> oh you bitch imagine it well yeah. the draw's in the draw's in Everton obviously against Manchester City that's a big one Leicester yeah. versus Manchester United another big one Chelsea versus Sheffield United it's an all Premier League tie but I think Chelsea will be slightly pleased with that no disrespect to the Blades but they are bottom of the league so they're disrespecting themselves if anything Yeah. Um, and then there is what Hassan Hootel said is a South Coast derby which is Bournemouth versus Southampton yeah. Mm, um, and right also at, at Bournemouth, apparently um, Patrick Vieira is being uh, interviewed on Zoom for the Bournemouth job. I don't know if that's currently happening at the time of recording. So there should be a bit of movement there. We don't know if there's a new manager. I don't know. By the time we finish recording, Sven's probably got the job or something like that. But apparently uh, they've ignored uh, Harry Redknapp's recommendation and John Terry is no longer on the shortlist. I'd love to see Vieira go there, wouldn't you, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great just to see him in, in English football. Um be, I, I mean, I don't think he had the best time in his last post, did he? So it's, it's you know, it's uh-huh. hard to uh, know if he's what Bournemouth need. But he's, you know, he's he's a young manager, so yep. it's, it's good that he's uh, potentially good for us to see him see him here. I, I didn't enjoy that. I think um, well, he's, he's also. I mean, he obviously was at Nice before. It's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. You know, right down the road from Cannes, beautiful beaches. He's Bournemouth just York. as good. Yeah, New yeah. York, Nice, Bournemouth. Yeah. You'd know, probably like, get probably get FIP in Bournemouth, wouldn't he? Like a French radio. Yeah, you station. probably can pick it up. Yeah, well, you get yeah, it digital yeah. now, Jim. Anyway, get it digital. Yeah. So you get it wherever you are. Well, he was in Manchester once upon a time at Manchester City, and they're playing Tottenham Hotspur this weekend. Mm. And uh, you mentioned cup competition. Spurs have released a range of merch celebrating their progression to the Carabao Cup final. Right, they've not won it yet. The game's not been played. They've reached the final, and they are celebrating that in of itself. Um, there are pens uh, celebrating this. There are mugs, key rings, fridge magnets, lanyards, all available. Hang on, to bu- 
Lanyards? Yeah. <laughs> Who buys a so, lanyard? <laughs> lanyard is... Whether you're celebrating the Carabao Cup final or not, why are you selling lanyards at all? Like, who who is that for? People, <laughs> people pretending to work for Spurs? Yeah, I like Gareth Bale does. Looking to hey. get, looking, looking, <laughs> looking to get that, looking to really embrace that uh, mm. much in demand private security guard look. <laughs> the only time you get a lanyard is at a shit conference or something, and they yep. give them out for nothing. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what they're doing there. Why do they like have yeah, high vis vests as well? So, so I think it might well be that they they must be it must be some kind because a lot of online stores now are just automatic, they're terrifyingly just AI generated, aren't they? So yeah. it just it, they 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 advertise it automatically, and if people buy it, they just make them to order. So I guess maybe it's just been. I mean, first of all, it, they've got to look at the optics because it does look tin pot to do yeah, that. It does. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you want to buy a T-shirt with the words "Come on, you Spurs, Carabao Cup Final 2021." Well, no. it's only £22, Luke. It's a deal, actually. I might yeah. buy a few of them, actually. You know what? People are laughing at it, but it is money that they, that, you know, they, they'll make as long as it makes money. And obviously, it's probably, uh, you know, as you say, like drop shipping and stuff. That's the spirit, like, Jim. As long as it makes money. <laughs> it's money they otherwise, otherwise wouldn't have, as evidenced by the fact that I think City have got something similar. It's not quite as extreme, but, you know, this is football, isn't it? And yeah. when you look at it like that, Dignity can be quite expensive uh, if you really want to not take advantage of these things. I personally am hoping that the Spurs website becomes like like Wish, you know, and it, and like they'll, they'll be selling like hats that are also trombones and things where like you just, you just have no idea what they are. Yeah, well, um, Man City, as you say, they've brought out some cup finalist hoodies. Uh, is, is that the one that Pep Guardiola has been wearing? I hope he does. Probably. I hope they make him wear a cup final hoodie. And even if they lose the cup final, he's having to still wear it. Um, yeah, I, I, I wonder if there's... Cause, so Man City have lost one game since the end of September in all mm. competitions. Okay, They famously just won all how many other games it was in a row to break some kind of record. Is there any chat around the fact that they might just quietly go about winning the quadruple? Well, we we was there not is on now the, not on the football ramble, mate. We were talking about this the other day, mm. and we were saying is the quadruple on? I I I think it is. I think it is. And I tell you something, um, Riyad Mahrez could do with a, a bit of a cash ejection because did you hear this? A fraudster spent a hundred and seventy five thousand pounds on his bank card, and it took him yeah. it, it took him a number of weeks to notice. But my, I mean, it's shocking, <laughs> really. Um, the man currently on bail uh, is due to be sentenced this month. Um, the spending spree in 2017 included spending £20,000 in Ibiza, staying at the hotel in the Shard in, in London, going to Asper's Casino in London. So you think, you say, okay, so this person's living it up. This this bastard, yeah. um, this thief is, is kind of living it up. This is what we expect uh, yeah. from somebody who's going to steal a load of money, do all that kind of stuff. But the other thing that, that, that this person spent a lot of money on were binges at greg's so in between <laughs> is that not that might just be his, his mate greg's yeah, <laughs> yeah might not be the actual, i mean i don't know how much you could realistically spend in greg's well, apparently so this 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 you know this this nasty piece of work was in between partying it up in ibiza in in, in the shard hotel and the casino and the rest of it to yeah. refuel was spending shite loads of money do you greg's. know how they caught him Marcus, they caught him because um, they pulled him over in his car and he had 150 steak slices on the back seat. I thought you, I thought you were going to say that Riyad Mahrez was going through it all and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's that? A vegan sausage roll? Right, someone Ooh. else is doing something there. I had to, you know, you say, obviously, this, the man's a sausage, um, but what a thrill ride. 
Do you know what I mean? You feel you, you think you might get away with it once, and then Riyad Mahrez just keeps not noticing. Are you thinking like, I'm going to spend two grand in Greg's? Yeah. Surely, surely then Riyad Mahrez will notice. He that flew too close to the sun. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it kind of it does annoy you, me a you, little bit. You love it, Mahrez. Jim. Yeah, have a bit okay. of respect, Jim, for other people's <laughs> Look, property. I've got to be honest. It annoys me that Mahrez hasn't noticed that. Something like 175 grand. I could have that if well, he's not noticing well, that. Hang on. Give he, that to me. He, I mean, Jim, the, the man is due to be sentenced later this month. So, so it has been noticed. Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but it took a while, didn't it? Like, mm. I just think that would be a nice way for footballers Jim, to connect a lot of criminals, the community more. A lot of criminals get away with... <laughs> a lot of criminals get, get away with stuff for a bit, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Like, uh, I just <laughs> do you not agree. No. You give a fan some cash here and there. Jim. But honestly, how can you calculate what David Louise owes me? Because I think we're talking <laughs> in terms of bricks and mortar rather than pints. Yeah. It's significant. Jim, have yeah. you ever squatted in someone else's property? Yeah. Are you doing uh, it now? Yeah. <laughs> good Wi-Fi, then. I don't think so. So oh, don't mind me. I just need a good Wi-Fi connector and the mic. I've just got to plug my mic in. <laughs> <laughs> I want, you won't notice I'm here. Fuck, oh, twice dear. a week in the morning. Well, chaps. That would be the most North London type of squatting ever. Yeah. Just yeah. roaming podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we do have Mourinho versus Guardiola again, uh, which is always enjoyable. Mourinho described uh, Tottenham's performance on Wednesday um, in the cup, like uh, the cat and mouse. He said the mouse was our defensive mistakes and the cat was us trying to compensate for it by playing really well. It was not enough. Yeah, he's a maniac. Not his best work, is it? He's a maniac, <laughs> and and I think a lot, a lot of um, a lot of people have been flagging the fact that he was apparently openly uh, taking the piss out of games that are five four and four all in the past, mm. saying it's like you know it's like hockey. This is not football. This is hockey. And one thing that actually actually has to be mentioned over and over again is that I think it's clear that the the atmosphere he's generating at Spurs is the thing <laughs> that's causing these mistakes. Man, people are low on confidence. It seems to me. Like I've watched Spurs a few times in recent weeks. To me, they look low on confidence. And to me, it's a mistake to expect them to play. Um, I mean, the Everton game, I'm not really referring to the Everton game when I make this point. But when they played against, was it the Chelsea game? They got completely bossed. I know they only lost 1-0, but they got completely hammered. Yeah. And he's focused, he's, 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 trying, to, he's trying to execute a, a really seriously um, thought out rear guard action. Mm. And they haven't got any good defenders. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like the, the best defender was out injured, I think, at the time, or certainly unavailable. And um, their best players are, are players going forward. So, I mean, he, I think he just needs to build confidence to that team. And, and, and the thing with Mourinho is that he, he lulls you into a, into, a, into a sense where you say, when you're doing this kind of show, you say, well, I think it could be really difficult for them against Man City this weekend because Man City are brilliant. And I think he's going to get a pretty rude awakening when he goes up against them. And then you'll know what will happen. It'll be like one all or something. Or Spurs will yeah. nick a win. Yeah, that's and, then, right. and, then, and then the heat will be off Mourinho because he'll have executed an amazing um, way of, of winning against a really good informed team. And the whole cycle continues. It's kind of quite weird. Yeah, it is indeed. All right, gents, let's have a quick break and then we'll talk more Premier League after that. De Bruyne. De Gea. De Arby. Welcome back to the Football Rumble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Without further ado, it's time for emails. Just Can read it out. Well done. 
Yes, it is indeed. Uh, Neil Grant emailed us with a link to York City's own newly launched auction for items from their Booth and Crescent ground, uh, which they said farewell to in January. Neil says, here's another auction for you. All the glamour offered by Liverpool and more. Why would you not want a physio table or used hand dryer from a poorly managed (laughs) football club? I was half expecting to find the urinals. However, Neil has clearly failed to spot that four stainless steel wall urinals are actually available for £40 a pop. Uh, He adds, I will miss the old ground, but I'm not paying £30 for a sign that says a six <laughs> so if you uh, if you want a urinal in your house then so there you go that's the place to go so i was on the show and we talked about the liverpool melwood auction right and i was talking about how mm. liverpool are an iconic club and how there's some items in that lot that are quite interesting and obviously it all goes to charity and all the rest of it now obviously york are a hugely york city are a hugely important club for for the for the community in in york and we talked actually when i interviewed jonathan greening on ramble meets he talked about his time at york city and how great a club they are so I'm not just besmirching them as a club but do they honestly think someone's going to buy a stainless steel urinal like what, <laughs> what are you even going to do with it you couldn't even take it into your own house no one mm. has a urinal I've never once tell me if I'm wrong you guys mm. I've probably been in my whole life in say 500 houses I've never seen a urinal in a house and you'd be freaked ever. out if you did yeah it'd be mad it'd yeah. be like you're in the house is... of a serial killer yeah no I, yeah. I, I totally agree it's not um it's not conventional football merchandise like a lanyard, is it? No, it isn't. And uh, <laughs> by the way, look, you said about uh, who on earth is going to buy the Roy Hodgson picture at Liverpool and the Brendan Rodgers one. I thought of you. I thought of you. You've forgotten your old mate Marcus. <laughs> yeah, Rodgers and and, and Brendy. Uh, sorry, as in uh, sorry, Roy and Rodgers what, together. What Roy I was Rogers. missing, Marcus, is that um, of course I I completely misrepresented and mischaracterised the club because as we know at Liverpool, no one walks alone. So, yep. of course, there will be Liverpool fans queuing up to show some solidarity with Roy. Mm. And they would have, I imagine that the, the, the auction will drive the bidding very high and it will be actually bought in the end by a very, very committed Liverpool fan. And yeah. more importantly, some money will go to charity. That's right. Or Danny Murphy could buy it as well. But a committed Liverpool fan, nonetheless. 100%. So you, your, your description but is, the thing is, is correct. Marcus, I think that Danny Murphy can get, um, can get um, frame photos of Roy whenever he wants on tap. I'd say so. Yeah. Say so. with, a, with a pose of his choice yeah. um, well uh, do uh, email us show at footballramble.com in case the jingle hasn't etched that into your mind uh, for that kind of uh, nonsense uh, back to the Premier League gentlemen Liverpool are facing Brendan Rodgers Leicester this weekend a tasty tie I think you'll agree um, sad news uh, for Jurgen Klopp his, his mother passed away last month and he was of course unable to attend the funeral due to travel restrictions so, um, so shame for that's so for, sad for it's Klopp. so and sad yeah. it, it really is yeah I mean it does bring home um, you know a lot of the uh, you know the, the, the sort of troubles and whatnot that so many people have had during uh, lockdown and and so on and so forth. And it can't be easy, you know, if, if you have that going on in your life and you've got mm. to manage a Premier League side. Um, so, yeah, you know, God bless you, Jürgen. Um, but they've got a tough task against Leicester. And it looks like Jamie Vardy uh, is back in contention, which is the last thing Liverpool would want. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Leicester have not got a good record against Liverpool, losing six of their last seven. But on the balance of form and with Vardy coming back from his uh, uh, hernia operation and whatnot, Jim, there's a chance for, for Rodgers' rogues. 
Yeah, it does seem like there's a narrative taking place, doesn't it? Like if that that is prime Vardy stick the boot in territory when mm. they're you know when they're down and their luck a little bit, and he will possibly be a little bit fresh from you know from having been out, even if that's due to an injury. So uh, yeah, I, this potentially will be an amazing game, which going back to something Luke touched on and means at this stage of the season with this many games played, it will almost certainly be shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would I would just add to that. I completely agree, by the way, but I would just add to that that the fascinating area of this game, Marcus, you're absolutely right, is is the Vardy thing for Leicester, but just how it goes up against Liverpool. Because I think what's what's become clear now is something that we've been saying on the show for a while, that Henderson needs to be back in that midfield. Mm. And I think he will go back in the midfield for this game. And I think he'll play Kabak, the new set um, signing um, at centre-back alongside Fabinho. And you be against Vardy. Well, I think he has to. Mm. I think he's got to. And, I th- and, and Kabak's 20 years old. And he's really highly rated, but he's a kid. And I know that there are different challenges these days when you play centre-back. You play against a team like Man City, for example, half the time you don't really know who you're marking and defenders want to be up against a striker and, and try and have that individual battle and they can't have that. However, if you're talking about a traditional forward versus a defender in the Premier League, I don't think even now, even with Vardy in 2021 being 34 years old or whatever he is, is still one of, if not the hardest tests you can face in the Premier League. And it's going to, I mean, as as my my Scottish friend used to say, it'll either fix him or it'll fuck him. Because <laughs> he will he'll never recover from it after Vardy wheels away scoring his fourth of the game and that'll yeah. be the end of that. Or he'll keep yeah. they'll keep a clean sheet, he'll be outstanding and then his career will go from strength to strength. It's a massive test. And Liverpool, if they lose this, have lost three Premier League games in a row. I don't care who you are. If you are defending champions, that is a crisis. And it'll be absolutely intriguing to see what happens next if that happens. Mm, I'm actually really interested to see just what the psychological effect on on Liverpool will be. That this is if if um, um, uh, what's his chops um, starts the game. <laughs> just in terms of Kabak. just having Kabak, yeah. just having defenders, mm. just having actual defenders in that defence. Mm. It's the first. It's going to be the first time they've actually, you know, realistically, if he because. I don't think you should really count Fabinho because of what he's, he means to them elsewhere. They ha- it has been makeshift. It has been completely stopgap mm-hmm. for a, for a while now, and I think there the will be a psychological boost of just knowing that you've got specialised players in that position, even if they are young, even if they are new. I mean, I doubt he's going to start Davis and Gabak together, but Although- I don't know. I think. This is surely going to have a positive effect at some point. It might be a bit early to see that because of the aforementioned Jamie Vardy variable. Yeah. Um, well, one one interesting piece of news, Jim, coming uh, from Liverpool with regards to their injured players. Uh, not the defenders, but thinking more forwards, is Diogo Jota uh, recently topped the FIFA yeah. Ultimate Team Champions leaderboard that happened last weekend, defeating professional games to, to reach that top spot. So he's wow. using his time wisely. That's amazing. Yeah. That's actually amazing that actually, stuff. That, that is actually quite an achievement. I mean, yeah, because I mean, professional gamers, are, they are exactly that now, aren't they? They make money out of it. They make a living out of it. That's that's pretty... Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing, Jim. It is amazing. Uh, if I was Liverpool fan, I still want to be playing, though. No, <laughs> I don't prefer yeah. to be playing. I think we can all agree on that. Um, we move on to Arsenal versus Leeds. Arsenal have lost their last two after some promising form. They're a point behind Leeds, uh, Jim. Um, of course, mm. we remember last time they faced each other, Pepe was sent off for his infamous headbutt. Uh, and his victim, yes. uh, Aloiski, is apparently rubbing his hands together. Patrick Bamford, after the Palace game, apparently said that uh, Aloiski um, said in the dressing room, I can't wait for Sunday. 
I said, I, I said, why? He said, because I'm playing against my mate Pepe again. Oh, Jim. Yeah. I think Leeds fans kind of view Alioski as a sort of little bit of Alioski, kind of sorry. I'm getting puppy. confused with John Aloisi. Sorry. Which, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought about correcting you. I thought, no, I love John Aloisi. Yeah. I'm going to let him do it. Yeah, it's a nice so, theory to name, but do you even think, if it's, you know, attached but, to the wrong man. Do you think, though, that, that Pepe's going to headbutt Mark Viduka again? <laughs> well, the obvious answer <laughs> would be Mikel Arteta's probably not going to pick Pepe, is he? Yeah, I, Pepe's been in all right form lately. Um, and I say all right. Um so there's a, I think there's a good chance he will start. It's, it's hard to say, really, but I think this is the, this is the danger, isn't it? I think Arsenal are going to have a very patchy season where they do like put a run together and then they lose a couple of stupid games, and it's just about how quickly they claw their way out of that. Because mm. I mean, in the last the last game against Villa, they were so so poor. Ollie Watkins supports Arsenal and <laughs> scored the only goal. So let's make it clear at our worst the fans are better than us so you know, <laughs> got to really like dig your way out of a situation like that so actually i hope that elioski's comments rile arsenal up but um, you know they're, they're probably yeah, doesn't happen with arsenal does it stuff. they can't yeah, get riled no, no, like, no, it's like no, impossible no, for them so. to get riled up exactly yeah they're mm. all they're all living like that guy that nick riad is his card yeah. yeah, it's their own cards. They're <laughs> just having a brilliant time. I can't believe how good yeah. my life it's just, is. It's their, their own so cards. They use their own bank card, and they're in their overdraft. So they're just they're just hurting themselves. Yeah. Well, well apparently it is it is a rare occasion for an Arsenal player to get riled up, but it does happen. Um, we go to Nicholas Bentner. Who apparently, oh, yeah. obviously not currently on Arsenal's books, um, but he signed up for the T coaching course with the Danish Football Association. So maybe one day, Jim, like Arteta, he could go back and manage his old side. Something that we mm. all desperately, apart from you, want to happen. Um, but, <laughs> but he has expressed a desire to go into to coaching after um, since he's uh, stopped playing. Um, and in an interview in December, he revealed that he had a falling out with Wenger in the summer of 2013 when he was pushing for a move too. Crystal Palace. Lord Bentner said, Wenger phoned and said, sorry, you can't go. That felt like a massive blow to me as I'd been waiting all week to leave. I called Arsene a wanker and an arsehole so he would have to sell me, but it didn't work. Yeah. You're a wanker and an arsehole. Will you sell me? Okay. Damn. We've not, we've not, <laughs> it's, it's a new quote and I understand why it's in the running order, but we've not learned anything new about Bentner there, have we? <laughs> no, we really, really haven't. It's... Uh... It's just nice to hear his name, isn't it? I don't know about you. I am. I am very ready for Bentner, the coach. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it'll, like, be, I mean, it'll be it'll be like a firework, wouldn't it? It'll be very very short but explosive. Yeah. yeah, I think he does seem to have mellowed a little bit, doesn't he? As he's got older, so I wonder if his kind of huge huge self regard um, will actually work in his favour as a coach. I don't know. We, you, you know, you hear stories of, of Glenn Hoddle being frustrated that his players couldn't do the things that he deemed simple and that he could do because he was such a gifted player. Bentner thought he was that without being that. <laughs> yes. So what, what will that do? There's a good line. There's a long line of players. In, it seems like a fairly modern phenomenon that you get these players who've got a really high opinion of themselves but don't actually really do much. You'd probably add um, Arnautovic to that. He's another one. Yeah. Um, it, where whose like ego like massively outstrips their their ability or performance, but yeah. I mean I, the only person I can think of who hasn't mellowed as I've got older is Pete. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who just who just man, his weirdness just manifests itself in different ways, but he's still got the fire mm. in his belly, but he hasn't got what, his head in the freezer. That's the what problem. about Felipe no. Mello? Yeah, I can't really. The only no, thing I can remember he's never been Mello, has he? No, <laughs> that's an ironic he, name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of managers, who the, the the danger would be that they would show people their players in training how to do it. Andrea Pirlo 
surely has to hold it in sometimes, manager of Juventus. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, did you see this week you had the um, the, the, the derby of Italy? Uh, I think it was in the cup. Um, Inter played uh, Juventus midweek. And uh, Antonio Conte, who, l- l- let's be fair, he will tell you if uh, you're not doing it right. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was a very, very good player, but a different type of player to, to Pirlo. Um, apparently, Conte, um, when they were, they were playing Pirlo's Juventus, he was caught on camera raising his middle finger in the direction of uh, Juventus president Andrea Agnelli, of course, his former boss. Yeah. And uh, he's escaped uh, punishment. I feel, though, that that's only half the story because apparently Agnelli told Conte to shut up and fuck off. So even <laughs> Stevens, I'd say. I don't yeah. know which came first, Jim, the shut up or the middle finger, the endless question. Who knows? It's ab- absolutely. I, yeah. I actually think it's quite impressive to give a specific person the middle finger in, in a football stadium. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's empty... massive. No, no, not, fans, at the moment. Yeah, not at the no moment. Fans. Yeah, still though. Can, I mean, can, it presumably would have been a long way away from him. Can, I can, think if Agnelli and Conte, are, uh, who else is that middle finger going to be for? And who else <laughs> is, is Agnelli telling to shut up? Well, he he could have just been pointing upwards, saying, "How am I doing, boss?" Yeah. It's a thing that we see in football. How am I doing, old I think boss? He's been, I think he's been, uh, you know, he's been given. Can, can I just say, like, there's, there's obviously people will be aware of the meme that goes around of Antonio Conte when he was Chelsea manager, and the quote <laughs> is, "All I ask." It was like a post-match quote, and it's become, like I said, it's become a meme where Antonio Conte, I think, said in a post-match interview when he was Chelsea manager, "All I ask for is one normal day of Premier League football. Will <laughs> will never happen, right?" Yeah. And what people don't understand, and I don't think particularly what Antonio Conte doesn't understand, is that you are going to get no normal day when you're Antonio Conte. That's right. Because, yeah. <laughs> because everything is done in a blind rage all the time. Like it's that, it's, I'm not saying Antonio Conte's a dickhead, but it's like when people say, you know, if everyone you meet's a dickhead, you're the dickhead, right? Mm, yeah. with, with, if everything you meet, everyone you meet or every situation you find yourself in goes mad, it might be that you're mad. That's yeah. what, and I think that's just another example of that. Yeah, I think he's he's desperately trying to find some sort of calm and normality. He's using the wrong tools for it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's I don't know trying to uh, sort of I don't know hammer his way to kind of you know quiet or something. You think well, no, as you keep hitting things, that's where the noise is coming from. Marcus, you know? what they say, you know what they say when you're a, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, that, no, no truer word said about Antonio Conte. Um, well, of course, uh, Italian football expert Nicky Bandini was on yesterday's episode of On the Continent and explained Juventus's current progress under Andrea Pirlo. So do get over to Football Ramble Presents for that lovely bit of podcastery. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Betway's 4 to score. It is indeed time for Betway's 4 to score, in which entry is absolutely free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win that weekly 50 grand. Make sure your selections are submit before the first game, though, guys. That is imperative. And further T's and C's apply. Four games, four of us, we pick one each. The first one is the aforementioned Southampton v Wolves, Sunday midday. Marcus, the brave one, the bravest of all the boys, you are up first. Who have you gone for? I got for Danny Ings. He opened the scoring. Uh, very in, fortunate in the one, wasn't it? Very fortunate one. It was a very fortunate one, but he had the bit between his teeth. Yeah. And, yeah. and Wolves aren't scoring. Southampton are back, baby. I think it's going to be Dings. Dings, yeah. I think John Ruddy might be sitting this one out. Um, <laughs> game two is uh, West Brom v Man United. Just after that one on Sunday afternoon, Jim Campbell. I have gone for Brufern. 
uh, Bruno Fernandez because <laughs> he uh, obviously you know he he scores a lot of goals. He yeah. takes the penalties, and West Brom aren't very good. <laughs> no, no further questions, Your Honour. Um, <laughs> Brew fan sounds like he would be presenting some kind of like daytime ITV show. On the sofa with Philip Schofield. (laughs) Brew Fern and Philip Schofield. Um, (laughs) Game three is Arsenal v Leeds, also on Sunday. um, And we got our mate Andy Brassel of this parish to pick his first goal scorer. And this is what he said. Morning Ramblers, Andy here. uh, Looking forward to this one. And after our party political broadcast for the Patrick Bamford party on this week's Ramble, I think we've only really got one choice. It's Rafinha. No, it's, it's, it's not Rafinha. Um, even though I think he's due a goal or two more. It is Bamford season. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for Patrick Bamford. Yeah, there you go. Andy's gone for Patrick Bamford, a.k.a. P-Bam, uh, a.k.a. Bamford the Bam Bamford the reload, um, as, as, as Charlie said, producer Charlie said the other day. Uh, game four is Everton v Fulham. That's me. I've gone for... Who do you think I've gone for, guys? Why don't you have a little guess? I think you've gone for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Mm, do you? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that seems like something you'd do. So I'm hoping Dominic Calvert-Lewin is plays. He's listed as doubtful, but I've, you know me, I like to I like to go for a risk on these types of things. So I have, in fact, gone for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, partly for that reason, partly because I think the very thing that I haven't picked a Fulham player would annoy Marcus. So that's why I did that. <laughs> um, so in, in summary, we've got um, Danny Ings, Bruno Fernandes, Patrick Bamford, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You are welcome to play along, but you must be over the age of 18 and do gamble responsibly. Um, for more information on that, head to begamblerware.org and make sure your selections are submitted before the first game and T's and C's apply. All right then, now it's time for this. It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. Yes, indeed. Former champion, current people's champion, the man they love to try and knock off his pedestal because he is the best. Oh, that's what it says here anyway. Marcus Speller. <laughs> and he did last week, didn't he? He did. But you're, you're back for more, though. That's, that's to your credit, I think. Um, against uh, the dark horse, I think. The overall dark horse of this competition, Jim Campbell. First time you've played for a while, Jim. It is, yes. Um, I oscillate wildly in this game. Yeah. Um, sneaking the odd win and then being absolutely terrible at other times. So who knows what you're going to get? Who I quite, knows? This is, I, I dub this game the friendly derby. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Actually, yeah, I'm, ugh, this is weird. I'm sort of behaving like Arsenal. <laughs> I'm doing a big sound buttering you up. <laughs> for those for those who don't have the uh, the uh, the pleasure of being able to see the guys today, uh, Jim's actually relocated to the kitchen, where he's he appears to have like the fire. He seems to have like the oven on full, and but he's <laughs> but he's got his head in the freezer. Will that yeah. mean will that mean a lot when it comes to the result? We'll wait and see. Okay, so Took a lot of rearranging. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Marcus, actually, for the first time in a long while, mm. um, the algorithm tells me because you were beaten last week, you actually are going first this time. Oh right, uh, okay. Which is a new, which is a new kind of new thing on you because you're used a to treat. being the champion. Yeah. Um, Jim, you are welcome to appeal that at a later date, um, and we will <laughs> we will take we will listen to your uh, your your um, your pleas uh, where we can. COVID dependent, of course. So you might just have to take this one yeah. on the chin. Marcus is first, the first player. He's played for five clubs in total. Mm-hmm. He um, he retired in 2018, actually. Mm-hmm. It's Eunice Kabul, Marcus. Five clubs of Eunice Kabul. Ooh. If you remember him, which I'm sure you do. I met him once in person. He's absolutely gigantic. Yeah. Eunice Kabul. And I'm six foot three, right? And um, fat. And he is. <laughs> he still looked massive to me. 
So, I mean, that gives you a measure of how big he is. Um, can I have an opening bid from you, please? Uh, I have a very, a very conservative bid of two. Two? That's a little opportunity for you there, Jim. Yeah, I'm going to have to go for three. I'm not confident, but okay. uh, such is the game. Jim, the point is you're supposed to show that you are confident. It gives you a better <laughs> chance of winning. So just pretend <laughs> you are. This is the polite yeah. derby, should I say? I've got all right. <laughs> I might go for two, and Jim's gone. Oh, well, okay, I yeah. better go for three. Welcome I'm to this taking week's... one of those run-ups at a penalty where you just you know the, the you know this guy's been in this. Welcome yeah. to this week's edition of Who's the Shittest? Um, <laughs> so Jim's bid three, Marcus. Do I hear four from you? No, I think I'd like to hear Jim's three. Okay, Jim, one at a time, please. Three clubs that Eunice Cabal has played for. Uh, he played for Spurs. That's correct. I believe he played for your very own Portsmouth. He did indeed. That's also correct. This is the one I'm not 100% certain about, but I think he might have also played for Stoke City. That's incorrect, I'm afraid, Jim. That's a point to Marcus. Um, I can sort of see why you're going for that. You probably would have seen him in the red and white stripes, but they were the red and white stripes of Sunderland, I'm afraid. Ah, I knew it was one of the graveyards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he started his career at Ozair, went to Spurs, Portsmouth, back to Spurs, Sunderland, then finished his career uh, at Watford. So that's one point to Marcus because Jim failed to name the correct um the correct Do You know, team. I I've forgotten about Portsmouth. I the one I had in my head was West Brom. I was like, did he play for West Brom? I think after last week's debacle when I got two players mixed up with each other, I yeah. thought that uh who was it? Sol Bamber and Christopher Samra got yeah. mixed up. And then and then I had a bit of a mind jobby with uh Kevin Davis and James Beatty and I thought yeah. Hang on, this is what... No, I, Can I've I got also to. Say, this is an absolute disease for you because you also mixed up Mikel Forsell and Matty Vidra once as I well. did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the next time... This is the next player. Um, um, Jim, you get to go first this time. He's played for six clubs in total. It's 1-0 to Marcus. This player's played for six clubs. Retired in 2001. Uh, huh? He is Didier Deschamps. Mm. Oh, bloody hell. Hugely decorated player. Amazing yeah. midfield player. Um, loaded all the bullets for all the players to do their funny, fancy things, but he was the one doing the basics. Because you associate Deschamps so much with France. AKA the water carrier. Well, he is French, Jim, famously, so that might help you. <laughs> yeah. Six clubs in total, please. Here we go for three. That's good, that's a sweet spot, that. I'll go four, because I think Jim's got three. Do, you hear five? do I hear five from you, Jim? You do not. Okay, so Marcus, you need to name the four, please. Play along at home, everyone. Can you beat Marcus to four? Um, play along. Marcus, one at a time, four clubs at Didier Deschamps, a.k.a. the water carrier, played for. I'm, I'm confident with three, so I'll okay. have Juventus. That's correct. Chelsea. Marseille. Also correct. And this is the one, Monaco. I'm afraid not. That's a point ah! to Jim. What a dramatic set! What a dramatic set of events so far. And he did not <laughs> mm. play for Monaco, so he he played for Nantes, Marseille, a little bit of time on loan at Bordeaux, oh. uh, Juventus, Chelsea, ended his career at Valencia. Oh, of course he did the little sausage. Yeah, so that's one each. Wow. Uh, but Marcus, yeah. you're up first this time around. Did you have three, Jim? By the way, or did you have Sean? Uh, no. Okay. Oh. Complete bluff. Well played, Jimmy. Well, well played. played. It's part well, of see, it. for, see, for me, Jim, I, I, Juventus, Marseille and Chelsea immediately leapt to mind. So, yeah, ah, well yeah. played. Well, I was thinking maybe Stoke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always, always a safe yeah, yeah, bet. Yeah. All right. This next player's played for nine clubs in total. Oh, it's one all, oh. by the way. It's poised. Do you, do, you guys, do you guys not prefer it when there are more clubs? 
Or just there's more going around in your head. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So sometimes it's actually better if it's, you, you might hear the player and go, oh, well, they play for loads of clubs uh, yeah. that I remember. But they might have been on loan at like Rochdale and some Dutch team that like have a name that sounds rude. <laughs> yeah, like, but on just, the other who hand, knows? on the other hand, statistically, there's a higher percentage that they've played for Stoke, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's right, true. here we go. Nine clubs in total. Uh, he's still playing, apparently. Uh-huh. So my resources tell it's me. It's Ryan Shawcross. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's um, it's Nigel de Jong. Nine Marcus, you're clubs. up first. Nigel de Jong. Dutchman. Midfielder, yes. obviously. <laughs> I appreciate you for clarifying that mm. for me. Um, Nine? Yeah. Nine clubs, yeah. What do I hear from you as a bid, Marcus? To go 2-1 up. Oh, dearie, dear. Uh, I'll go. <laughs> oh man! Need a number. Gonna need a number, my friend. Two, two. Okay. Two. Jim, do I hear three from you? Opportunity for you here, Jim. You do hear three from me. Yeah. Okay, Marcus. Do I hear four from you? Bearing in mind that both the guesses so far have uh-huh. resulted in the wrong answers. Do I hear yeah. four from you, Marcus? No, I'd like to have Jim do his three because I'm really struggling on this. Okay, so yeah. Jim, one at a time, please. Three clubs that Nigel de Jong has played for. You've obviously got Manchester City. That's correct. I, I believe from there he went to AC Milan. That's also correct. And I'm probably going to kick myself. There's a See, couple of things this, going that's around all, my head. That's what I had. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to I'm going to take the punt that Marcus probably would have taken and go for Ajax. That's also correct. Oh, that's what hey. gone for. That, that was the three I was going to have, and I thought, yeah. no. Did he, did he play for Al Ali as well? He did play for Al Ali. Very good. Ah. Very good. So he Get played for Ajax. It started his career there. Then he went to Hamburg, Manchester City, oh, Milan, uh, LA Galaxy, yeah. Galatasaray, Mainz, El Ali, and he's currently Al Shahania. Uh, where he's plying his trade at the moment, apparently. So that's 2-1 to Jim. You get this one, Jim, and you've won. Um, Player number four, Jim, you get to go first this time as well. He is footballing royalty, genuinely one of my favourite players of all time. He's played for six clubs in total. Um, He is Fabio Cannavaro. Big fab. Fabio Cannavaro has played for six clubs. I'm surprised by that. I am. (laughs) You should, I mean... He's one of my favourite players, so I would be confident on this one, but oh, I never have to do it, do yeah. I? So it's easy for me to say. Uh, what do I hear from as a bid from you, Jim? Hmm. Fabio Cannavaro is definitely one of the best one of the best uh, centre-backs I've ever seen play. Uh, quality, um, yeah. Diminutive in size, but incredible at reading the game. Fantastic technique. He was just a great, great player. Yeah. I'm going to go for three. That's the sweet spot, I think. That might yeah. have got you the win yeah. if you get that. Marcus, what's your play here? I have to be a bit front. I'll go four. Nice. Jim? Yeah, I'd like to hear Marcus for. And can I just say, before we get Marcus to name us for, this is an example to those listening why he's the people's champion. Because if he's going to go out, he's going to go out on his shield, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to go out fighting. And so he's not letting Jim take the initiative. He's taking the initiative (laughs) himself. Yes, he may embarrass himself, but he doesn't (laughs) mind. And that's the thing. So four clubs, Marcus, if you can, one at a time, that Fabio Cannavaro, the great Fabio Cannavaro has played for. Real Madrid. That's correct. Palmer. That's also correct. Napoli. Very good. Correct. Juventus. That's your four, and that's two all. Could I have had Lazio as well? You couldn't have had Lazio, I'm afraid. No, so very close. Oh, okay. Um, So his career very quickly, Napoli, Parma, Inter, uh, Juve, Real Madrid, Juve again, and he ended his career at the aforementioned Al-Akhli. 
Yeah, I could. So, yeah, I, uh... I, I knew he was out there in the Middle East. I couldn't remember where for the life of me because I think he managed a side in Dubai for a short right, while. Okay. So I thought, yeah, okay. I'd have got the Milan club wrong there. Okay. Um, well, the results because are the same. So team. many of those players have played for yeah. all of them. Yeah, that's They've right. Yeah. For both Milan clubs and Juventus. And yeah. it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it would never happen here. Well, I was but, hoping yeah. we'd get to a decider because um, I'm very pleased with the final player. It's two all. Marcus mm-hmm. gets to go first on this one. Um, his career spanned 1994 to 2017. Um, a very long, illustrious career. Uh, you'll be delighted to know, both of you, that he's played for 15 clubs. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> he is... Marcus, you get to go first and set the agenda here for a win. He is Ida Johnson. Ida. Ooh. And people say to me sometimes when they listen to this game, oh, we love the game, we love the best part of the week, blah, blah, blah. But they also say, the problem is, Luke, you don't say much in between the, 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 the people when they're guessing. And I'm like, I can't say anything about them because it will be a clue. So I have to kind yeah. of really make things up as I go along, like saying stuff like, he was six foot one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me, 15 clubs. Yeah. There are so many teams going around in my bike. Did he, did I, uh, yeah. uh, uh, um, Okay, let, come on. Let's have a, let's have a think here. I'm going to need a number from you as soon as possible, please, because a quick yeah. game is a good game here. No, you you definitely are. That's very fair. Um, I'm going to go for four. Four. Okay, that's a good opening bid, Jim. I am going to go on the front foot as well. I'm not overly confident about that fifth one, but uh, we'll see. I guess, won't we? So you're going to go five. Uh, I am. Yeah, that's not like you, Jim. You're normally quite a defensive-minded player, but fair enough. Marcus, do I hear six from you? It all comes down to this, baby boy. I really want to say six, but I don't think I can. So if Jim's going to win this, he's... he's, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let... let, uh, Or do I want to have a six? Come on. What do you think? I'll let Jim do his five. Okay, Jim, five, please. One at a time. The clubs that Eidegger Johnson's played for, five of the 15. You're looking to name 33% of the clubs that Eidegger Johnson played for in his career. Please take it away. Okay, so Bolton Wanderers. That's correct. Chelsea. That's also correct. Uh, He was at Barcelona. That's correct. Uh, So this is the... I'm not 100% sure about this one, but I think he also played for Ajax... Marcus Speller wins! Yes, Marcus Speller does in fact win because ah. he did not play for Ajax. Jim, Jim, I that was the fifth one I was thinking. Oddly, really? wow. I had I had Chelsea, uh, Spurs. Yes, he played for Spurs. Yep, Barcelona oh. and yes. Bolton, and and I had yeah. Ajax and Valencia were the two that I had. Well, I will give you the rundown right now because I think you would have been wrong with Valencia as well, Marcus. Oh. Um, well, what a final game that was. Wow. <laughs> In the words of Gordon Ramsay, wow. Right. <laughs> Valor has restarted his career. PSV, oh. KR Reykjavik, Bolton Wanderers, Chelsea, Barcelona, Monaco, Spurs. You're going to kick yourself, guys. Stoke City. Ah! Ah, that was, Stoke was Stoke was coming after Ajax. I don't but Ajax was bloody wrong. Uh, Marcus, if you've kicked one shin, please now currently kick the other shin because he also played for Fulham. Uh, oh, Gordon. AK, AK Athens, Circle Bruges, Club Bruges, Bolton Wanderers again. Um, Shang, Sh- sorry, Shiaz Huang Everbright. Brilliant name for a team. Mulder, yeah. and then end of his career, I think out in India at Pune City. So that's your 15. Uh, Marcus Speller wins because well. Jim made a mistake. Great game. Classic game, by the way. Um, yeah. Thanks for having the fire in your belly and your head in the freezer. And we'll see you next week for it.
My goodness. Um, Jim, that was a good game. I feel very fortunate. I don't know what it is, but when a player has played for Fulham, I totally forget about it on this game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's happened but, a few uh, times. It, Peter Marcus, Beardsley was... I'm, I'm so aware of that. I scanned my brain to see if I had a good Johnson and had played for Fulham, and it went, nah. Yeah. And so clearly that was wrong. <laughs> your, your issues are getting into my head. That's how difficult this game is. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. It's been an absolute bloody pleasure. We'll see you all on Monday for another classic ramble. Thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Luke Moore. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Have a lovely weekend. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.